Welcome to Behind the Name Tag, More Than a Coach, with your host, Vanessa. On this podcast, we talk about who your coach is when the name tag comes off. What makes this coach tick? How did they get started? And what kept them going? What coach inspired them? Do they have any passions outside of coaching? And most importantly, what do they want their legacy to be? Tune in to Behind the Name Tag, More Than a Coach. Welcome back to Behind the Name Tag, More Than a Coach, Why Coaches Are Humans Too. On this podcast, we interview coaches across the nation to find out who they truly are and what makes them tick. And today, we have on Miss Tessa Foss from Chanhassen, Minnesota. <laughs> How are you, Tess? I'm so good. How are you? I'm doing good. You know, we have a little bit of a cold front in Texas right now, and so we're just, like, soaking it in. I have my hoodie on. I'm a very happy girl, so... Um, nothing like your Minnesota snow. Oh, we've had 40 degrees today and got out for a walk, so (laughs) not too bad. Not too bad yet for December. Okay, well, just so that you know how much of a baby Texans are, I had my fuzzy socks, (laughs) pants, a long sleeve t-shirt, two blankets, a heating pad, (laughs) and a hoodie on last night because I couldn't deal with, like, the 30-degree nighttime temperatures, so... Oh no! I know. I love. I love the cold air. I love. You know. I love the mountains and stuff. But, um, but yeah, this girl has Texas skin through and through. Um, so speaking of which, Tessa, where are you from? Are have you always been a Minnesota girl? Um, I was born in New Ulm, Minnesota. Um, spent my first ten years there, and then, um, my parents had divorced, and both remarried. Uh, moved with my dad and my stepmom and my blended family that way to Steamboat Springs, Colorado. Oh, okay. In the late 80s. Um, yeah, so I would say the summer before fifth grade is when we moved, and I stayed there until um, I was 20. Oh, wow. Okay. And then moved back to Minnesota, and now I'm, that's where I've been since. Yeah, I love, I grew up going to Colorado all the time. We would go to um, Purgatory Ski Resort. Um, and I think right. whenever Disney took it over, they had to obviously change the name. <laughs> but it yeah, was, right? <laughs> um, but yeah, I love Colorado. Colorado, New Mexico, definitely had a, a chance to ski in Canada, which was like, Canada's gorgeous. Um, yeah. Are you, um, are you a skier or a snowboarder or any of that? I... Well, growing up with four brothers, we we were on the mountain all the time. I was a snowboarder. Um, tried skiing once, and after you know being comfortable on the snowboard and not being able to keep my skis from crossing, I <laughs> I only tried it once. That was it. Yeah, I was. So. I love skiing because it was so much easier than snowboarding. Snowboarding, I feel like I was like bound to get a concussion. I only did it once, uh, and I was like. Nope, not for me, but I thought it looked, yeah. the pants, the pants and the boots were like way more comfortable. <clears throat> Super cool. Yeah. I yeah. feel like whatever one you start with is the one you're most comfortable with. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And I think wakeboarding, I figured wakeboarding since I did okay with wakeboarding and surfing that it would be compatible and it just wasn't like, I just could not no. figure it out. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, <clears throat> 
So did you have, did you lean more towards one or the other? Did you like living in Colorado over Minnesota or the other vice versa? Um, you know, being so young, I didn't appreciate Colorado as much, mm-hmm. you know, being there and living there and then revisiting as an adult was like, wow, I can't believe this is where I grew up. Yeah. So I think scenery wise and just um, recreationally, I love Colorado. Yeah. Um, Minnesota is, you know, where my roots are, where my family is. It's very nostalgic that way. Um, and having moved from a more rural area to a more metro area, um, I appreciate all the things that the metro area have to offer too. So I I do someday want to move back to the mountains. So oh, okay. Mount, the mountains are where my heart is. So yeah, you yeah. had you had some cool stories um, about um, being was it, it was in Colorado whenever you had like was it the homecoming right or the what was that parade that you were talking about that was so cool oh. while y'all were on skis and okay. stuff? Yeah, so I grew up in Steve Springs, which is AKA Ski Town USA. It's a ski resort. We put out a lot of Olympians from Steamboat. I went to high school with Olympians. But, That's nuts. Um, so being in a ski town, um, I was a member of the marching band in high school, and we would have um, a winter carnival every year in February, and they would snowpack Main Street, and we would march on cross-country skis using fingerless gloves, um, in our winter parade. That's so, nuts. That sounds like such a cool visual. I think that would be so much fun. Yeah, it was it was a good time. I'm All a right. Band nerd, for so sure. the yeah, the band nerds were the best. By far the best people <laughs> to get in to hang yeah. out with. All right, well let's dive in, girl. So your story is so fascinating to me. And I cannot wait for people to kind of hear you kind of retell it and relive it. Um, let's start at the beginning of when your fitness journey started. Can you start, kind of start there for us? Okay. Um, well, I'll kind of, I, let's just say I started, I started my family at a young age. Um, I had my first baby. I was just weeks shy of 21. So, um, I early on became a mom, became a wife was taking care of kids and a house and not taking such great care of myself. You know, a classic case of, you know, sloppy leftovers. So I gained weight during my, um, during my childbearing years. And so my twenties were spent taking care of everybody else. Mm -hmm. I was, um, I mean, I played sports in high school a little bit, I did Taekwondo and played volleyball recreationally as an adult, um, but didn't have a really good fitness background otherwise or a good regimen. Um, I was, I knew that we were done having kids, our family was complete. So kind of felt like it was finally my time to take back my body and lose the baby weight. And around the same time, I got a letter from my mom and my mom has always been into health and wellness fitness um and she she lives in eau claire so she's about two hours three hours away from us and um she wrote me a heartfelt letter that just said that she was really worried about my health and my husband's health and what's going to happen to her granddaughters if we're not around um 
and to be healthy and take care of them. So I knew it was from from a safe place and from her heart. So that kind of prompted me. And then also being 29 and looking at my 30th birthday staring me in the face and thinking, you know, I could still be a hot mom in my 30s, right? <laughs> Spend all my 20s, you know, in the fat mommy club. So I just, everything just kind of came together and I just decided that I, I was done. I was tired of being heavy and not feeling well and I wanted to keep up with my girls. So I I just decided I needed to clean up my nutrition. So I started doing some research that way. Um, obviously was very uneducated thinking that I could eat eight or 900 calories a day and that was gonna do the trick for me. And I was 240 pounds at the time and I'm 5'5". So oh, no. it was you yeah. know, fairly, fairly heavy for my frame. Um, and just having conversations with my mom and her, at, you know, her being so smart in health and wellness, I told her what I was doing. And she, of course, was like, Tessa, you can't do that. You're starving your body. Um, so I, I read Dr. Oz, You on a Diet, which really talked about, you know, ghrelin and leptin and blood sugar and the science behind how all of our hormones work and learned some things that way. Um, I was walking outside. It was still nice out here in Minnesota. Um, but once October rolled around, I, I got really lonely in my weight loss all by myself. Um, I remember going out to eat with my mother-in-law who would say, oh, you can eat it just this one time. Um, so I felt like I needed to find another a community of like-minded people and that's where um i joined weight watchers um i know a lot of trainers i've heard it in our industry too about how weight watchers is you know poo poo but it's where i learned the basics of nutrition and having to have healthy fats and you know having a well-rounded nutrition plan and getting enough nutrition and where before i thought i could be in this big deficit and have um results um, and then when it got cold out, I also joined a local kind of small gym and I just started walking on the treadmill there. Biggest Loser was a big deal back then. So I remember just like huffing it for an hour on the treadmill watching Biggest Loser and then finally started picking up um, the weights and kind of teaching myself how to lift weights that way. So ended up losing 80 pounds. Yeah. in I think it was about 15 months so it was kind of over the winter and I remember coming out in the spring you know everybody kind of well this might not be the thing in Texas but in the <laughs> Minnesota we kind of stay inside in the winters right it's cold and then in the spring you're back out and it's like hey neighbor and my neighbors <laughs> didn't recognize me they're like who is the new person living next door so that was kind of fun oh my gosh so that had to have turned a switch on in you that you obviously didn't have before and then what was yeah. that moment that you were kind of like wow I kind of want to do this for everybody else as well like what made you go into the career and what made you yeah. so passionate about this about this career I want to hear more of that well and it wasn't it wasn't even on my radar this was something that I just did for me and I, you know, I wanted to set a good example for my girls and just be healthy. Um, I, 
so what happened was I was at a crossroads in my career. I was actually doing daycare out of my home when my kids were little. And the plan was once my youngest went to kindergarten, I would stop doing daycare because we wouldn't have any of our own kids at home. So it's kind of at a crossroads as to what do I do now? Um, so, and I had had so many people reaching out to me after seeing my transformation, you know, messaging me or stopping me. What should I be doing for nutrition? What should I do for exercise? So all these people asking for my advice. Um, and my husband and I had a chat and he had pulled up um, the courses to one of the state universities for exercise and sports science and was kind of looking through all the courses and I just the descriptions got me so excited um, and he just looked at me he's like this is what you need to do you need to go back to school and you need to get paid for all the advice you are giving out and you need to have an education obviously behind it too mm -hmm. um, so that's you know three little kids at home and I was working three part-time jobs and went back to school for exercise and sports science so you're saying um, you love the work. That's pretty amazing. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's yeah. like, wow. Balancing all of that, but having such a supportive spouse, I mean, that has to, mm -hmm. you know, and then obviously seeing your girls, like being, you know, I'm sure that inspired you just to take your nose to the grindstone. Yeah. I think that's, you know, that's a really good um, place to be is just to like look at who you're doing it for, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I can tell you a fun story that I sometimes tell clients too. Um, my middle daughter, Morgan, she is such a hugger and she has always been a hugger. <laughs> mm -hmm. And um, she was seven years old at the time that I was losing my weight. And um, I remember standing in the kitchen with her one day and she was in front of me and she puts her arms around me for a hug and she looks up at me and she goes, <gasps> and I said, what's wrong? And she just looked at me and she goes, Mom, I can touch my hands behind your back now. Aww. So it's just seeing that, you know, what an impact my size and my effort, you know, make on my impressionable, you know, young girls. Yeah. So I, that was something that sticks with me for sure. I love children for that exact reason. Like, I just think that, mm -hmm. you know, besides them just being childlike and curiosity and just them having such great hearts. I just, I appreciate their honesty <laughs> so much. Yeah. That's why I love being <laughs> yeah, around Yeah, their candidness, them. right? Yeah. And I love sharing m more success stories. So can you tell us more about like any particular client story or stories that stuck with you? Um, a couple, couple of clients that stick out that are near and dear to my heart. Um, I was SNS a couple um, by one of our assistants um, because he knew that I had a weight loss journey. So um, this couple that were overweight and they were looking to lose weight, it was his second marriage and he had four kids and it was her first marriage. So she was a stepmom to these four kids. And it was just so neat to see the two of them work together and encourage each other. Um, and just you know, their relationship was was out of the norm, right? Them trying to figure out how to parent and how to work together and how to be healthy for their kids. But um, I had them, they worked with me three days a week in 
and Team Burn, GTX Burn, whatever we call it nowadays, right? Now it's GTX <laughs> back in the day. And then we also did partner training once a week, too. And um, the, between the two of them, they each lost 70 pounds, so it was a combined 140 pounds. That's nuts. And it was just so cool to see the aha moments between those two and see them work together. Yeah, I mean, it's it's um, yeah, it's one thing if it's one person – and you have that amount of weight loss and you just see them evolve as a person and just embrace their inner strength and outer strength. Um, mm-hmm. They really they really do become a whole new person. But then to see that impact across a partnership is like, oh, it just like warms your heart. Like just yeah. I'm, I can't only imagine what that did for their relationship um, and how much strength it brought across their relationship. And I think that there was mm-hmm. one more client story too that I really want you to talk about as well all right um so early on in my lifetime career I've been with lifetime it'll be um nine years this spring oh my gosh Um, yeah so this gal came to me probably within my first year at lifetime um it was an some of my best clients are SNS I'm telling you this gal was SNS me too from another assistant and she was she was from New York. She was 77 at the time, and she had just lost her husband of 50 years, and she was just broken, broken, broken. Yeah. Um, she moved to Minnesota because she had a son who was married with two granddaughters, um, so she moved to Minnesota to be closer to them. Um, and it was just, I learned so much from her as well you, be, you know you have those clients that have all those lessons for you too but oh, um yeah. uh and is her name and she had she had gone through a heart attack um so having to be mindful of that and then as we trained over the years so we were together seven years um she had had two knee replacements in our time working together mm-hmm. so one of my favorite stories is she I talked to her after surgery, um, and she tells me that the nurse is, you know how they have to mark the leg that they're doing surgery on, right? Mm -hmm. So they're doing the right leg. Mm -hmm. And she's checking her out, and she's like, wow, you have really great muscle tone. And here's (laughs) a gal. She was, this was a couple years ago, so she must have been about 81. And (laughs) she was just telling that nurse how (laughs) I trained for this surgery, and that's something that she and I worked on, too, is, I wanted her to be healthy and strong so that she could recover from that knee replacement. That's so, so smart. And she bounced right back. She was great. And she's one person, you know, that had taught me that no matter how old you are, you never have everything figured out. Yeah. Right? All the life experiences that you have, you never have everything figured out. She's still in her 80s was worried about her body composition. And here's mm-hmm. a gal, she was probably 5'1 and 125 pounds. Mm-hmm. So. That's crazy to me because I think that so many, and I, I have a similar, I had a similar client that was in her, her early, let's see, late 60s, entering her early 70s. And she was just starting out fitness then. She had never done anything wow. prior to that. And as our time went across like two years together, um, after I left Austin and went back to San Antonio, I didn't get to work with her anymore. And it made me super sad because over those two years, 
she was lifting heavier than some of my 20 year olds. And I think, you know, age is just a concept and it's just yeah. um, something that we, you know, create to obviously keep track of <laughs> our chronological age. But I think, and I just heard this on another podcast, Lewis House, the School of Greatness, was talking about how his dad actually never celebrated his birthday um, because he didn't want to limit his capabilities by an age. He never wanted him to really, like, look at life as a timeline in that sense of like, oh, I'm too old for that or I'm too young for that. And I thought that that was yeah. obviously it's a kind of a weird concept to grasp, right? Because we, we have so many expectations around age. Um, mm-hmm. But I just I love when I meet those folks that are open to that. Like, no, my life is not ending. It could I could do anything like I just I I want to want to do it all, <laughs> you know, and I love yeah. I love meeting those people instead of just like, no, I'll just stick to the water aerobics and, um, you know, right. my, my walks and Whatever stuff. I'm- supposed to do at my age the, right? so yeah the supposed to do or the doctor's recommendations I'm just kind of like no like you have no idea what you're capable of like let's just try that was a lot of what we used to say and what was funny is that she used to say Vanessa um I'm gonna try this <laughs> but I don't yeah. think I can do it <laughs> and then she would look at me like I at one point I actually had her on uh doing ring push-ups ring push-ups oh, wow. and okay. this and this woman was like nice. killing it and I was like oh my god see I told you <laughs> like you can do anything that you set your mind to um yeah but I love it I love I love looking at as age is just a age is just a number now 50 years yeah. though 50 years married 50 to years. the same freaking person wow yeah. um so I always love when I hear those types of stories I always love asking them one question like what's the secret and I'm sure they get that all the time mm-hmm. but did she ever tell you that like what was the secret of their healthy marriage or their marriage well yeah of course she talks about communication right, right. we always hear that from people that have had long-lasting relationships um communication for sure mm-hmm. is what she really kind of nailed in mm-hmm. but okay yeah it's just and crazy it's just 50 years with somebody and I was with her at the very beginning of her loss and just hearing the heartache and there's so many tears and how do you build this woman up when she's all by herself now and just the little things that she and her husband had done together over the years that she had to figure out on her own from making the bed they used to make the bed together she Mm -hmm. had to figure out how to make the bed by herself something Mm -hmm. simple to Mm -hmm. going to the doctor now and not having that second set of ears with you so just how life had changed for her after 50 years but yeah yeah, she she was somebody you know you get those clients that are like family um if I were having you know things going on with my girls she was somebody that I could talk to who would have great advice for me too as a parent so yeah I think that something I've heard a couple times well one, I mean, having just that pure presence around you and then just to be gone after that 50 years. Yeah, I can only imagine what that must have felt like for her. Um, yeah. But I think that, you know, when it comes to communication, we've always heard that book, Love Languages. But I think another mm-hmm. really good tidbit that I've heard is 
um, we don't only have our love languages and we have to figure out how our partner speaks their love language, but also fight languages. Like how do you fight with each other and like for each other versus against each other? And I always thought that was kind of an interesting concept on the other half is like, don't keep, you know, nailing your head against the wall with the same argument when you know that <laughs> y'all are both going to take a very particular side. Like figure out how right. you how you both fight and figure out how to diffuse that fight quicker because because you know so each other. Great. You know? Yeah. Um and I also think that people that are absolutely brilliant and I love to learn from are children. So what is one thing that your children have taught you? Oh, gosh. All right, Vanessa, my kids now are, well, I have two adult children now, believe it or not. I'm that old. Okay. (laughs) So, um, yeah, Morgan was, you know, seven when I lost my weight. But they are now, um, my oldest will be 22 this month. My middle is 19, and my youngest is 16. Um, So I've been a parent for for a little while. Uh And I would say... This is something, I don't know, from my upbringing, too, that I learned, but my kids really taught me was to be humble, Mm. to just be, it's something that, you know, I thought my parents had everything figured out. They were adults. I thought they knew (laughs) everything, right? Yeah. (laughs) And I just want to be, like, 100% transparent with my kids, and I have been that. I don't know everything. Right. Right? And it's. I'm, I am human. I don't know everything. So I've learned to be humble, to be vulnerable with them, and just to kind of be open about how it's okay. Adults don't have all the answers. Um, we don't have everything figured out. So I would say I want them to know that adults are human too. So I would say, yeah, just how to be humble. I love that answer, though, because kids are so smart and I think that Mm -hmm. they pick up on little white lies and embellishments and you know they give you that little face like "Mm, are you sure (laughs) like I feel like you are (laughs) telling me what you think I need to hear instead of like what's really going on um right um and so that's why again why I love them just because they're so honest and they call it how it is because they're naturally curious and they just want to, they're just little sponges. And then, mm-hmm. um, you know, I think that we obviously should just support those little voices speaking up and being curious and just asking all of the questions because I feel like a lot of people's voices get muted too much when they're growing up, you know, yeah. like stop asking questions or stop saying why or something like that when it's like, no, like it's, it's important to teach them that's what I always loved about my mom is my mom would go through, I mean, I would be like three or four and she'd be sitting me down and she said, why are you upset? Let's talk about this. Yeah. <laughs> like talking to me like an adult. And I'm sure that's why I, yeah. I'm such a talker and why I also love listening to people, you know, why they are the way they are is probably because a yeah. lot of that. Um, so if you yeah. had to do something else and it wasn't fitness, you absolutely could not go back to fitness. Is there anything else that you could actually see yourself doing? Um, you know, I will say that, as I mentioned, we only have one child left in the house. So mm-hmm. that's, that's kind of been a question for me, too, is what's next? Mm. Where do I want to go? Do I want to be a fitness professional forever? Um, so 
if you've been in training for a while, you know we kind of also double as therapists, right? Oh, yeah. So, and I, too, like you mentioned, too, I, I love trying to figure people out and mm -hmm. why you do what you do and, you know, how were you brought up? What's your history? Um, so that's something that I love about training. And I think that if I were to do something else, I'd still want to be in the field of helping people and probably, you know, in more of a form of therapy or psychology. That makes, sure. yeah, that makes sense. I think that there are moments of my, I've been in the fitness and health career too for ooh, a little over 10 years or right at somewhere around there, like 10, 12 years. And, mm -hmm. um, you know, like normally when you're younger, in your younger years, you're like, okay, the next promotion or like when I was with Golds, you know, I wanted to switch locations and manage a different team and collect more, you know, information that way. And then now that I've been at Lifetime, obviously trying to be in the GTC role and learn the, the ropes of how Lifetime works. Um, but every two years, I get this, like, itch. Two or three years, I get this itch to, like, mm -hmm. evolve, you know, like, look at the next certification or um, just something that's more of, like, a passion project. Um, and so cue this podcast. That's why I'm actually, like, I'm in love with this idea because I just love connecting with people, and I especially love connecting with people that I wouldn't normally be able to connect with um hence you being in minnesota and me being in texas i think that's so cool that yeah. I, I get to meet you and i get to learn about you um mm -hmm. but yeah i think another passion of mine would be like looking into um traumatic brain injuries and how that has impacted like thought processes and reaction times yeah. and how to kind of reverse that because when you dive into that topic uh and just you know, going into the psychology, epigenetics, all of that stuff is something I would love to dive into if I wasn't into training for sure. But yeah, the yeah, brain, that's the, cool too. the brain is just such a fascinating thing to me. I just think it's so interesting. Um, but yeah, so your transformation story is huge, right? You said 80 pounds. Mm -hmm. So can you tell me one yeah. assumption that people might have about you when they first meet you now, that maybe you're like, oh, if you only knew what I've mm -hmm. been through. Um, well, and this, this has come up many times where, um, I, don't, I don't know, there's something about telling my story that sometimes I feel like I'm bragging or I don't, I'm just one of those people I don't want to talk about myself all the time. Yep. So I don't, I don't share my weight loss story all the time. Or maybe I'm just, it's been over 10 years that maybe I'm a little bit further away from it. Right. Um, but if I don't tell people right away, of course, they see me for who I am today and think, oh, she's probably been this weight her whole life. She was probably an athlete in high school. Um, so that's one assumption that people have about me is I've, you know, always been into fitness where really I didn't get into my fitness until my thirties, really. Right. Um, so when I do share my story, people are just like, wow. And I feel like having been there, done that myself and understanding the stages of change and understanding the psychology behind habits and why people do what they do and how it's easy for some trainers to say, well, just do this oh, yeah. and then you'll get results where I know that's not it's easier said than done. Right. right. I think that, um, that people take a step back and go, oh, okay, she gets it. Right. 
I took <laughs> over the 6 a.m. Back in the day, it was team weight loss, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so this was probably a good seven and a half years ago. I took over the 6 a.m. class from a gal who was in her early 20s and had been an athlete, and you had these overweight, middle-aged people in class. Um, and I take over the class because she was moving on to other things, and there was quite a few that were like, oh, it's so good to have a mom and somebody who has been through a weight loss journey. Yeah. Um, You know, so I know some people find comfort in that. But, yeah, definitely I'm always looked at as, oh, you've always been like this. Well, I mean, I think – I hope that there is one day that the fitness and health industry evolves enough where people – our general population can start understanding and respecting and appreciating trainers more for what they like the good trainers for Mm -hmm. what they are and what they do. Um, Because I think it's so challenging where obviously a a large portion of people are on social. So they now we're getting even more um, concentrated (laughs) Insta trainers Mm -hmm online and we're trying to have to fight that um, cookie cutter cut and paste experience with a trainer where it's like it's just not a good experience Um, and then never mind the fact that you know because people are on social or they look at magazines or whatever fill in the blank tv show that has whatever trainer um, that looks all uh, did up and six pack and all that jazz there are these mm-hmm. expectations that are made by society when you say the word trainer that you have in your head that just kind of pops oh, up. Oh, girl. Right? Let me tell you. Mm-hmm. That is one thing that I absolutely despise is when somebody <laughs> asks me what I do for a living. And you can see them look oh, down yeah. and look up. They give Woo! you the whole... Every yeah, time. Ooh, you're a trainer every single time. Every I time. It. I hate it. So sometimes I don't even want to talk about what I do. <laughs> Right? Because of that. Because okay, but... of exactly that. I feel like our physical therapist, too... So I live with a physical... Uh, well, she's... My roommate is in a physical therapy school. And she said the same thing, right? Just like any other, yeah. like, doctor or therapist yeah, would. Because you bring up your, your career, and they're like, oh, let me tell you about how would you... You know, how would you do this, that, or the other? Or what do you think I should do here? And, you know, they don't really yeah. want the true answer, but... But yeah, but I mean, I think I had this conversation multiple times with a couple of female trainers here, especially post-COVID because, um, or I guess post our first quarantine. I'm so, I'm so sorry for Minnesota experiencing this again. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Oh, but, yeah. but yeah, but I think that, you know, going through that experience, um, it, it was one of a kind, right? And I think everybody mm-hmm. copes, copes a certain way. Um, and then my particular experience you know, I was laid out from a major injury, so I definitely leaned heavy hard on my um, coping mechanism with food. So we all gained, yeah. you know, gained the weight, came back, and we were like, damn, like, you know, like, I'm feeling pretty guilty about coming back to my job. And, mm-hmm. you know, then you just go through. looking the part, right? Yeah, and you just go through the same thought process that any and all of our members go through as well um, in general. But I think the expectations are just a tad bit different when you're a fitness professional, right? Um, Yeah, for sure. So kind of like tell me a little bit about like what would you like to tell fellow female trainers maybe from your experience 
or maybe your experience yeah. with that um, about how we view our bodies and what's helped you kind of fall back in love with your body or kind of just like that self-love um, intimacy that you have with your with your body. Mm-hmm. Oh, gosh. Yeah, I feel like, and I'm sure everybody can kind of attest to this, most trainers have some kind of body image issues or mm-hmm. it's something that we think about all day, every day. It's, it's what we do for work. We're, we're being judged all the time, right? Yep. I, and people aren't being mean about it, but like I said, the, the up and down look, No, but right? it's natural, or, yeah. Right, you go out to eat and it's like, oh, what is she eating, yep. right? So yep. being judged that way, getting dressed in the locker room, getting judged that way, or um, even like my clients will, and participants in class will be like, oh, have you lost some weight? And it's like, oh my gosh, you are told, you are watching. You notice if yep. I fluctuate a little bit, right? Yep. Um, I had had an instructor in college who I am still in contact with because she's, she's in the training network here in Metro, you know, Minneapolis-St. Paul, Twin Cities area here in Minnesota. So I still have a relationship with her. And one thing that she said during a college class was, I am, what did she say? Oh gosh, I am like a normal female body, right? Like I am a realistic body type. Right. This is this is what a real woman looks like. Right. Right. Yeah. And she she was what five 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 six, and she said she was one hundred and forty pounds. Yeah. So not super thin, and she wasn't overweight. She was a little bit thicker, and she owned it. Mm-hmm. And I had so much respect for her, and I thought, you know, that's the attitude we have to have is mm-hmm. I am – this is realistic, right? Mm-hmm. My body has given birth to three babies. This is where I'm at. My body carries me through this life. Mm-hmm. It gives me kick-ass workouts. I can, you know – I go and work out with my oldest daughter every weekend, and it's something – you know, that I can still, I can do mm-hmm. no matter what I look like. Right. Yeah. So I think but that's... I've also been super lean, you know, having right. periods where I'm super lean and then, you know, you're, you're judged for that too. So, but I think that's, just... I think that's so important because just like you said, I mean, um, especially having three women, right? Like you have three young mm-hmm. women and, yeah. Your relationship with your mother growing up and, and your mother's mm-hmm. relationship with their body is so impressionable on how you view your body. Because, you know, um, I'll say for myself, like I idolized my mother and she um, growing up, she was yeah. a, she was a neonatal nurse practitioner and she had a really poor relationship with her body and still kind of struggles to this day about it. And we talk about it often and she's open about it. Um, but I was like, you know, mom, and, you know, and it took me till I'm 33. It took me till now Mm -hmm. to have this conversation with my mother in a very delicate way. And I said, you know, I love you and you're a powerful, you know, boss lady, but the way that you used to uh, tear yourself down, you used to be, and you still are my biggest freaking fan. But because I viewed you tearing apart yourself and coping with food and grabbing your sides and not wearing what you were comfortable with and kind of giving my dad, you know, some guilt trips too sometimes when he would prioritize fitness. I was like, you know, oh. I, you know, I saw all of that. 
and you know kids pay attention and so Mm -hmm. let alone you know if we switch into again like the feeling and sensations that women and and people in general get when you're following the pages you're following you got to start paying attention to that because Mm -hmm. if there is a moment where you need to kind of ask yourself am I getting agitated am I having a reaction am I getting upset or am I getting you know down on myself because of what I'm looking at like for instance Mm -hmm. like um, if Social I'm following, right. If I'm following a page for a bodybuilding chick and I just like kind of the way she holds herself and what she talks about and naturally whatever, but she's on her prep part and she's crazy lean. And then I look at myself and I'm kind of like, damn, like I've been there, but I'm not there now. Mm-hmm. And that makes me feel kind of right. yucky is the best word I can describe. Um, and then I flip over to another page where it's a little bit more of that body positivity movement where we're talking about like, let's normalize normal bodies and let's kind of not filter and let's look at, you know, the bumps and the different skin tones and like, let's look at an actual human body instead of all of the filtered, like angled stuff. To me, I would much rather have the, let's talk about, you know, what's behind the screen and what it actually looks like instead of constantly feeding each other marketable crap at different angles. Um, Mm -hmm. I think that there are ways to feel too comfortable and too complacent. And I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about like genuinely appreciating that, especially with a female's body, when it's made to make a human, we should be, Mm -hmm. we should appreciate the fluctuations that happen with that. And also with understanding more about your body is representative of the movement of choice that you do, right? And so right. the power lifters, the bodybuilders, the athletes, like, and then evolving through your age and your hormones and stress levels, mm-hmm. you know, let's start kind of diving into more um, questions <laughs> about that than what diet are you using and how much cardio are you doing and what, <laughs> what filters are you using? Like, I want to have the real conversations with more female trainers about this stuff because, you know, I feel like we also hold that responsibility of just keeping it real and just, you know, being gentle with each other and not seeing it as, you know, females are competition or trainers are other competition or just because you're lean, you're more qualified. Just because you have abs Mm -hmm. doesn't mean that you know, you know, (laughs) anything more than someone that is a little bit thicker, you know? So anyway, it's definitely a rant that I could get on for days. It's definitely something (laughs) that I'm like clearly, (laughs) clearly passionate about. Um, Yeah. But yeah, did you want to say anything more about that? Um, Well, and I think it starts, like you said, your mom kind of teed that up for you, right? And that's something that, you know, I've been hyper aware of with my girls is I don't want to create eating disorders amongst them or set bad examples around food and movement Mm -hmm. around them. But it, so for me, I love, I love training the moms and I love talking to them about that stuff too. Right. I remember, I mean, this was a big red light that went off for me when when, when your kids say things back to you, right? Like right. you hear what you're saying when they repeat them back to you. And I remember this is, you know, early on in my weight loss journey where there are certain places that I would not go out to eat because there weren't healthy choices, right? Like, right. let's be real, famous Dave's has nothing that I need there, right? <laughs> um, so like, 
how what is my language around that right? right and I remember one of my kids saying well we can't go there because mom can't eat there mm-hmm. and I have to change my language around that no I can eat there I choose not to eat there right so talking to parents too moms and dads how are you talking to your kids around health and wellness and nutrition right are we talking about we're eating this way because we want to lose weight or are we talking about nutrition instead of a diet because this is how we're fueling our bodies to do what we want our bodies to do right Right. so I love trying to have parents think about their language and how are they setting up future generations to be successful around nutrition, right? Right. And it doesn't even have to be super overwhelming. Like, you you know mm-hmm. more than anyone, when you're speaking to someone about nutrition, you may not need to dive deep into all, you know, the nutrients and, like, all of the science behind it. They don't necessarily care to know that or need to know that. It's more mm-hmm. of just like let's let's start noticing how we feel when we eat these things and let's just do more of that. Right. And like and the kiddos are probably going to notice a whole lot more of that as well, right? Like they have a very short right. attention span. Um but they mm-hmm. do know how they feel when they're playing and they do know how what they feel when they're in school. Um and I think, you know, in the in the tummy aches that happen after eating loaves of bread instead of having an actual <laughs> like vegetable or something. Right. Um But yeah, I mean, I think, um, yeah, I think that it's just about, you know, making things simplistic and literally taking it one bite at a time. But um, Mm -hmm. so what is one thing outside of the gym for you that you're focusing on? Is it more family time, friends, kids, crafts? Like what what do you like to do that's not training and, and nutrition related? <laughs> oh, training and nutrition related, right? You're like, um, what is well, life outside of that? <laughs> what is there, right? Don't you all think about that 24-7? <laughs> um, for me, for sure, family and friends, right? Well, especially this year, it's been so hard. Uh, currently, all of our gyms in Minnesota are closed, right? Our clubs in Minnesota are closed. So trying to figure out how to still be be with people without being with people right right um and for my husband and i right now family is a focus right we've got one who's a junior in high school so like things are really weird right now um she's gonna be 18 in a year and a half and then so now we're kind of looking at being empty nesters and what does that look like for us are we going to get to travel more um do we move and do i really take off with this virtual training off, you know yeah. so family for sure and then um I love getting together with my oldest daughter Taylor on the weekends we always get a good workout in because we don't live together anymore so mm-hmm. um we get a good Sunday morning workout in um and then we normally go out for coffee afterwards so that's something I love doing um hiking at state parks I know the first time you and I spoke, I was at a state park, yeah. right, getting ready to go for a hike. So um, that's something that I love to do, too, is get outside. That's something I can do with friends and family. Um, yeah, re- well, I serve at church on the choir. Um, this year, we're, we normally have a big Christmas concert, and, of course, COVID. We're not yeah. in it this year. So so recently, I'm um, serving as an usher instead, So okay. you know, which is Super cool because I go to a bigger church 
um, and it is literally like blocks away from the club. So I see people I recognize from church in the club and, you know, people that I recognize from the club in church. So it kind of goes um, back and forth. It's pretty cool. Oh, okay. Yeah. That way. So. Yeah, that's yeah. that's one thing that's been very hard is, yes, I am an introvert, but I still like those moments of extroversion and connection and actual like human, mm-hmm. you know, human, just human energy in general, right? Like you were even just talking yeah. about the energy differences, the differences of being a virtual coach versus being an in-person coach, just because it just feels different, you know, not having the, the one to two minute conversations just that are actually very meaningful pre and post class Mm -hmm. or whatever. Yeah. Um, Or in the middle of class, just those little one-offs, you know, as we're working through a strength block or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. All right, girly. Well, we are nearing the end of our conversation. I don't know how Mm -hmm. that just flew by, but it did. Um, But one thing that I like to kind of end our podcasts with is um, the three truths. So if you had to teach your girls anything, your members, or, you know, just kind of think and reflect about three Mm -hmm. truths uh, you know to be true, what would they be? All right, well, being in my 40s, I know I don't have all the life experience, but I feel like I have a little bit. Um, Three truths for me are everyone has a story, right? Everyone has a story, and we've heard that before, right? Like, you don't know what somebody else is going through. Right. And it's easy to pass judgment on somebody right away, but, you know, what is their story? And that goes back to... You know, everybody does something for a reason. Everybody's brought up different. How do people pick? But everybody has a story. Um, Another thing that I like to speak to my clients about and speak to my girls about is everyone is worthy. It's like you are worthy of, you know, treating your body well. You are worthy of taking the time for yourself. You are worthy of being treated well, too, in all of your relationships. So just in general, you are worthy. And then last one, um, something that I have always taught my girls since they were really little is treat people the way you want to be treated, Mm -hmm. right? Put yourself out there and treat people the way you want to be treated. Um, I think that has taken me far as well. People have been, I I don't know, how do I explain it? Like, People are like, Tessa, why do you do that? You just go above and beyond. And I just think, well, that's how I would want somebody to treat me. Right, right. right. So, and I think that that just comes back to you too. Exactly. If you believe in karma, even remotely, you want to put out Mm -hmm. in the world what you want back. And um, it's called a golden rule for a reason, right? (laughs) I mean, yep. But I love that I love your number two, that everyone is worthy, because that took Mm -hmm. me a really long time to learn. I was I was and still am obviously a very big giver. I consider myself Mm -hmm. a a healer. We all are. Right. Because we're in the health industry. So we just give, give, give. Um, And a lot of times we don't necessarily feel like we're worthy of the same attention and love. And um, so that's a hard one, but I hope that everybody also, you know, believes that, that especially mamas, mamas like take yes. time for you. I mean, I know fa- I fathers like, mamas. yeah, I love it. I, I love parents in general. I just, I, my heart goes out to them. I know y'all are balancing a lot, especially right now. <laughs> I know it. It's nuts. Yeah. It's super nuts. But 
Um, and then obviously, you know, this podcast is is your number one. Everyone has a story, and that's why I love I love it. I love hearing people's lives. And a lot of people are like, I'm not that interesting. And I'm like, yes, you are. You're so interesting. (laughs) Like, just listen to like how much life you've experienced. There's something to take away from every single story. Um, Mm -hmm. And to end with the most epic question, what do you want your legacy to be? Like, what do you want to be remembered for? Oh, gosh. I know this feels like a super heavy question, but it's... (laughs) It's pretty, I mean, it's pretty simple. I just, you know, just simply being out there and making someone's day, especially as a fitness professional, if I can keep the attitude that I'm just going to go out there and give somebody my best hour and make it a highlight in their day, Mm -hmm. um, I want, I want to... I want people to feel like I made a difference in their lives, right? Mm -hmm. Like whether they felt heard by me or I helped someone to believe in themselves and know that, again, they are worthy. Yep. Oh, I love that. So Yeah, I think that's why we end up being so drained by the end of our days is because we really do give it – Give it 100,000%, you know? Yes, I know. And my (laughs) my department manager tells me I'm – sometimes the fault right oh yeah oh yeah for sure Where we just give 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 yeah Tess thank so. you so much for your time today I cannot tell you how appreciative I am of just getting to know you on such a personal level and sharing your story yeah. I know that it's going to impact many lives and I'm sure uh, a few of your loved ones would love to listen in whenever this does get aired <laughs> um, Tess is there anything else that you want to tell anybody I don't think so. You have one body that God gave you. Treat it right. It's not like a car where you can go trade it in, right? (laughs) That's right. (laughs) Honor the body you have. Body is a temple. Yes. All right, y'all. We will connect with Tess offline, and I will connect with her social um, handle in the details. Thank you so much for listening to Behind the Name Tag, More Than a Coach, where coaches are humans too. I appreciate every human and their journey, and I hope to connect and shed light on how uniquely beautiful we all are. Our differences are what make us unique, but it's our humanity that brings us together. Stay healthy, my friends. This is your host, Vanessa, signing out. Thank you so much again for listening to Behind the Name Tag, More Than a Coach. If you enjoyed this podcast, please make sure to hit that subscribe button. We are broadcasting on anywhere you can find other podcasts like Apple, Spotify, and of course, Anchor, where we're recording this podcast now. If you really loved it, which I'm sure you did, we would appreciate a five-star review and a share with all of your friends. Until next time, this is your host, Vanessa, signing out. Stay healthy, my friends.